Yo, we are live here on the Calcio Connection, live post-game recap. It's been a crazy Saturday. Alex Dono alongside Jerry Mancini, who you see at the uh, the bottom left. We've got Anthony from Inter Worldwide. It's always nice to have Anthony on because we're, we're on these crazy schedules, right, with him being over in Australia and, and most of us being in North America. So it's like usually the middle of the night there when it's nighttime here. So welcome, my friend. How you doing? Great, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Jerry, Mario, Nat, all the best. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we got Nat on back with us making his second appearance. Uh, you know, once uh, once he saw the uh, Juventus result and the Milan result from today, he's like, I, I got to hop aboard. Nat, how you been, man? I'm doing I'm doing great now that that happened. It's like an amazing start to the weekend. But knowing Inter, we're probably going to bobble it tomorrow. But we'll talk about that later. Thanks for oh, having me. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> and we got Mario, the president of the uh, Ericsson FC fan club. Mario Galliano is back with us. Mario, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, I love that uh, that Napoli game today. Loved it. Yeah, that was a, a pretty crazy way. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I know it wasn't the first game of the day. Torino and Genoa played to a nil-nil draw. Uh, but you know, the fireworks started in the kind of the early evening game. Napoli against Juventus, and, and honestly, guys, th- this was a game. That, you know, given Napoli's recent form and Juventus's recent form, because Juve had been an ascending club, they've they put themselves right back in the thick of it for the Scudetto race, while Napoli had been in a tailspin, right? People wondering at what point uh, is Gattuso going to get the sack? And then Napoli goes out and pulls out a massive, massive result against Juventus. And I'm sure that Juve would like to have some of their scoring chances back. I mean, when Cristiano Ronaldo had... Uh, only the keeper to beat today when he extended his leg and couldn't get it past Meret. I'm sure that he would like to have that back. And and really for Napoli, guys, you know, the storyline was how much adversity they had in this game. I mean, they were they were missing Mertens, they were missing Koulibaly, they're missing Manolas. So the back line decimated. No Deme, no Hisai, no Gulam. And then Ospina, the starting keeper, gets injured in the warm-ups. So Meret gets called into action in the last minute. And he played fantastic. Uh, I mean, I, I know that the guy has has struggled at times and he has whatever issues with Gattuso, but he looked like he was making a case today to be the second keeper of the Azzurri. Obviously, I'm not putting him in front of Donnarumma, but I, I thought Meret really made a case like uh, like he should be the second string Azzurri keeper. He was fantastic. And Jerry, let me bring you into the conversation on that note, man, because uh, I, I know that you and I have talked a lot in recent weeks about Napoli struggles and what the future was going to hold for Gattuso. You couldn't ask for a better result than this for him to make a case to hold on to that gig. Yeah, I don't know why it was ever mentioned that he should be on the hot seat. Like, this is the first time that we're seeing that the team has been on a downhill since he'd taken over as manager. And all, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, let's get rid of him. This guy turned it around last season. And it's been good. I, I love how people say that the team doesn't want to play for Napoli. Anybody who watched this game today should understand that they fought for their manager, plain and simple. Like the the effort was there. They 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 tried so hard, and that was it. The thing I I, I don't understand about Juventus is they they need somebody who can be creative. And I'm thinking maybe a guy like Quadrado maybe should be playing more as a midfield. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy because I, I know that he was converted to a right back. 
and maybe someone like him that has the ability to to deliver accurate crosses into the box and he's been their most creative player I thought today out of anyone all their chances chances was coming through the right side um, maybe you guys can enlighten me about I didn't see anything come from the middle and that's where you shut down the middle of Juventus and they don't have nothing to offer so for me they need someone like Quadrado maybe that can play in the middle. But the problem is if you put him there, that leaves him really weak on the right back. So it's a it's a question that raises something like they just need something with a spark. And I thought Arthur was bad before this game. Like before this game had happened, I thought Arthur was a bad player. But watching today, maybe Arthur is something that can provide them some creativity in that midfield who does maybe actually make a difference. So – only time will tell, but it looks like Juventus. It, it's and then when they when they had their chances, they just weren't clinical. So that's another problem. This is a different Juventus we're seeing, guys. Um, I know that. Don't count them all because I know it was just a one nothing win today, and and off the record that was a penalty as well. I, Absolutely, I, I thought that was a penalty. Stonewall. Like, and, and I'll discuss another penalty after when we talk about the Milan game, but um, which wasn't awarded, but that'll be later on in the show. But this was the right call. And, and anytime you obstruct a player in their face and you shove his face with full fist, I know that it, it can be a little weak, but you, you're, not, you're not making the attempt for the ball, you're making the attempt for the body in his face. And it, it to me, it's just a clear penalty. It was Chiellini yeah. who, who got the hand in the face of uh, Rachmani, and that was another player. He was only making his second start for Napoli. I thought Rachmani was was tremendous. Um, he won every aerial duel. I mean, he, he was really he was really shutting down the opposing attack, and so it, it worked out well. I mean, Napoli's defense, especially in Koulibaly's absence, has been really troubling. And they really stood up to the challenge today. And I'm not going to say it was a perfect performance because Juve should have found a goal or two in this game, but they really stepped up when it counted. It, Mario, it seemed like you had you had something to say about that. I mean, we, we can all agree that that was a pen, right? I mean, uh, I, I I didn't see too much of a reason to protest that. Yeah, it was it was pretty obvious. Um, the only obvious part is, are they going to give it? Obviously, because they had to yeah. go to VAR for so long. <laughs> Uh, but no, his arm was fully extended out, hit the face, and in today's rules, it's foul no matter what. Uh, yellow card at the at the very least. I guess it wasn't a red because it wasn't uh, a deliberate elbow to the face. That's the only reason I can give for for not giving a, a red straight red. Um, but he also could have been sent off literally three minutes after for for a tackle that came in late from behind from the side. If I'm correct, it was. You know, it was a yellow card tackle that should have been a second yellow, but, that it, you know, it, you don't want to throw him out at the same time because it's very early on. You just gave the penalty. I understand the ref didn't want to just completely throw the game away, but that was 100% a penalty. Yeah, I mean, uh, our, our buddy uh, Lucci is in the chat, and he says it wasn't anywhere near a red. I, I, I agree. I, I agree with Lucci that that, that, that foul was not uh, – was not a red. It was obviously a pen, but I don't think it was a red. And he, and the other note after that penalty, it was uh, Lorenzo Insigne stepping up for the penalty kick. That was such a perfectly taken penalty that I thought he was going to pull it high, 
right? Because, uh, I mean, he found the top corner, but, you know, and you also, you worry a little bit about Insigne and penalties. And I, I really thought that that one was going to go over or was going to hit the crossbar, but that was beautiful. Chesney had no chance at that. And for Insigne, no. that was his historic 100th goal for the club. So that was a big yeah. milestone. And that's one he's going to remember forever. I mean, you know, it, it'd be one thing to get your 100th goal, you know, uh, against Benevento or Crotone or something, but to get your 100th goal with Napoli, a game-winning goal against Juventus, that that was a huge, huge feat there for Insigne. What did you think, Nat, about the game overall? And if you have anything to add on on the pen, um, no, definitely the 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 penalty. It it was it was a pen. Um, I think well, listening to the broadcast, the commentators were saying it was a pen because the force that Chiellini gave his arm, the force of his arm, the movement was um was automatically it made it a, a pen, and also. Rachmani's reaction also indicated that it was a penalty. But as far as I'm concerned, I think uh, Rabiot is just the French version of, of Gagliardini. Um, he, he was poor. They have no – when Artur is on, but even with Artur, it's a lot of sideways, backwards passing. They need to find a playmaking center mid, which they've lacked basically since – I want to say since um, since Pirlo's left, uh, uh, a consistent – creative midfielder. They haven't had that for five or six years now. But Juve, it's very inconsistent, and you could expect that sometimes because Andrea Pirlo is a brand-new coach, and he's just figuring out. He's only been, if you think about it, only been coaching for about seven months now, six months now, and and and, and Juve showing signs of brilliance. For example, uh, the Barcelona game, 3 nothing at the Camp Nou, dominating performance. They had games... Um, you know, defensively against Inter in the Coppa Italia, where they just literally parked the bus and and couldn't get um and Inter couldn't get any um, offensive movement. Um, so Juve, it's going to be a process. I also think that Juve's goal right now is just to qualify for the top four. I think in the back of their minds, they know that the Serie A is not possible, but I think they're going to start to focus more on the Champions League and. And I think it showed today, you know, they rested uh, Kuluzewski, but Kuluzewski hasn't really been a, a main focal point this season for Juventus. Kuluzewski, uh, to be honest, he was so talented from Fiorentina, coming through Fiorentina. I just don't know where it went wrong. Um, Chiellini, who's been solid up until today, had a very shaky game. Um, yeah, it's just, just, just what Juventus we're used to seeing for the past 10 years. I think Napoli played... Amazing. Uh, Gattuso's system, his tactics work. He got the 4-4-2 right with Insigne sort of playing as a number 10 slash striker. That worked out perfectly. And my man of the match, I was going to say, uh, Rachmani was terrific. Oh, and and if, if you guys remember last year, him at uh, Verona, he was he was top. He was one. Yeah. Uh, he he was by everybody. Exactly. He was yeah. um, he was one of the main focal points of why they had one of the best defenses in and said, yeah, last year, Swarakmani, man of the match. Meret, the, commenta- the commentary said he was like a magnet. It was just every ball just – it came – he didn't have to make any spectacular saves, but he did everything right. And I know the reason why he doesn't start is Gattuso, said he's, Gattuso says that he's not the best with his feet. But honestly, if he could just, you know, just keep improving, I think he could definitely make a case for um, Italy number two. 
maybe even Italy number one. Who knows? <laughs> oh, oh, now, now, now you're talking slander. Now, Donnarumma's not giving that up, and and Donnarumma's like 18 still. The guy doesn't age. Yeah, I know. I, I want to interrupt for two seconds. Yeah, go ahead. I, I agree that he was really good, but Maximovic was my guy of the game. And I actually compiled stats today. He had seven clearances, two interceptions, one block shot. And, and I think that Maximovic was more important than Rachmani because this is a guy who's been getting shit on, was lacking confidence. Um, no one knew what was going to happen with him. With Rachmani, it, it's not confidence. It's just there's no con continuity. He's not getting his form. He's not playing enough. So we don't know. It's, it's unfair for him period, because he plays one game, doesn't play for 10 games. So with Maksimovic, this guy was being shit on after Atalanta, but I think he he was my player of the game, along with Rachmani. I think the duel was good. I, I agree with you. I just give Maksimovic just a slight edge because of what he's been going through, and he's kind of struggling compared to last year when he was really good. And of course, uh, like that, that's just how I, I look at the game today. But it can go either way. But that's my my uh, personal opinion. I also just want to give one one last thing here. Just Gattuso, his plays, man. You know, he's been for this past, I want to say past couple of weeks, he's been getting a lot of pressure from the media. Last month, at least. And um, supposedly today, um, reports from the De Laurentiis camp was that today was um, D-Day, the deciding day, you know, uh, um, that if he stays, if if he stays or if he goes, and and I think he showed out, and I think today showed from Napoli that the players are still behind Gattuso, that they're still willing to die for him, and um, just to uh, my my hats off to the whole Napoli team. Very impressive performance today, and they're making their case for uh, for top four this year. Yeah, hey, Anthony, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the match this morning. And and I know that uh, you woke up because um, you're, you're over in Australia. You woke up at 5 a.m. your time. You saw that Napoli were up 1-0. So what did you think of the end result and what you caught of it? Yeah, it seemed a good as reason as anything to get up on a Sunday morning. Um, to be honest, everybody's spoken really well about the game, especially about Napoli. So I'll probably just fill in my two cents on Juventus. It does make sense that Pidlaw might be looking at a cup competition this season because the way he heavily rotates his side in Serie A, it's not practical, especially when you come up against the Napoli side who are willing to fight tooth and nail like this is the last game of their season. Like, to be honest, that midfield of Rabiot and Bentancourt, that's that's garbage in my opinion. If you're trying to win the Scudetto and you've got players like Artur's creativity um, on the bench and Weston McKennie, who's shown he's been the most informed midfielder for the side, how are they not starting this match how are they not at least getting the minutes that they deserve? Um, I know Nat said that Kulusevski hasn't been an integral part of Juventus this season, but once again, that's because I think Bernadeschi is getting some ridiculous minutes ahead of Kulusevski. And every time I've watched Kulusevski play for Juventus this season, he has looked dangerous or he has looked like that player that could break that line or at least get a lucky goal. He's got a fantastic finesse finish on him as well from that um, right-hand side, if you can get it on his left. But... I just thought they were very poor in terms of creating opportunities, especially for Cristiano today. Um, I don't think Alvaro Morata, um, Morata is the answer for them either up front. And I think the biggest thing today, once again, is without a spark like Paolo Dybala connecting midfield to attack. Um, yeah, good. Dan Lucci, of course, he'd be the one to fact check me on Juventus's um, actual squad. So if Artur is hurt and McKenny is um, had a knock as well, then yeah, I understand. But um, we spoke briefly on Twitter today, Dan, as well. And, like, just Pidlaw's rotation doesn't look like he's really going for this league. 
and these drop points could hurt them, but I don't want to speak too soon. I would like to say that I think Federico Chiesa was their best player today. And I don't, contrary to what a lot of fans thought, I think he's going to do very, very well at the club, regardless of how the form yeah. of their team goes this season. I think he's already doing pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. And he's still very young. He's still getting better. Uh, so I, I want to shift our focus to the other shocking result, even more shocking, honestly, because, uh, you know, obviously, uh, even though Napoli hadn't been putting it together this season, they certainly have the talent to beat anyone in the Serie A. So, uh, you know, I, I guess based on recent form, that was a surprising result. But Spezia, 2-0 over Milan today. Tremendous performance. And I'm, I'm rocking my bald head in honor of Vincenzo Italiano, Italian Vinny, I call him. That would be his name if he lived in Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm honoring uh, Vincenzo today, the coach of Spezia. Guys, they played with no fear. They were on the front foot for virtually all of the 90-plus minutes in that match today. I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it was it was a flat performance for Milan to whatever reason. I, I thought for Spezia, as they they really, you know, they, they had the more dangerous chances. Um, and even though I think at halftime Milan had the slight edge in possession, it didn't really feel that way because Spezia was creating a lot more. But in the first half, uh, just the finishing was not anywhere close to being there for Spezia. So even, you know, creating the better of the chances, having the nil-nil scoreline at halftime, I still thought it's only a matter of time before Milan's quality, they're going to find a goal here at some point. Ibra is going to make something happen. I really thought that was in the cards for Milan. And then Spezia really turned it up a notch or two in the second half. You know, they they got they got the opening goal, which was essentially walked into the box and finished off by Maggiore at the 56th minute. And then the second goal for Spezia was an absolute beauty. So you thought for a second they might have earned a penalty, but a foul occurred six inches outside the box. And and then the free kick was, you know, a, a slow claw, a cross outside the area. And Bastoni, not Inter's Bastoni, the other Bastoni had a, a wonderful curling finish on a shot from outside the area that Donnarumma just really did not have a chance at. It was an absolute beauty. And Spezia could have even scored again. I mean, in the final minutes, they hit a crossbar. You know, uh, you know, M Milan, you know, tried to make something happen in the final minutes. You even had, uh, you know, Ibra going down in the box, hoping to make something happen. And it was all the respect in the world to the season that Milan have had. And they're still top of the table, right? And they might stay top of the table because Inter have a really tough game tomorrow against Lazio. So I, I take nothing away from Milan. It's very hard to be consistently getting victories and results when you start to get to match day 22. Every team in this league, we've seen it happen to Juve. We've seen it happen to Inter. Every team in this league are going to have nights like what Milan had today. Uh, but, Jerry, I'll, I'll start with you. As I know, you and I were, were both really impressed with the way Spezia played. Absolutely no fear for 90-plus minutes. No, absolutely. And before I start, I, I was called out on our last pod or I think last weekend where I call people shit without an explanation. So I'll, I'll give a shit with an explanation today. And that's Salamaker. Salamaker, Sasicha Maker. First loss this season with Salamaker in, inside the action, starting in the lineup. First loss. Fuck your stupid freaking record of uh, we are undefeated with fucking Salas Maker, whatever the heck his name is. That's first. Secondly, the guy made continuous runs and crosses to – he crosses the ball to nobody. He, he, he just runs 
into a brick wall. That's what he does. Continuously block shots by Spezia. He's got no creativity in the in the final third. That's how I look at it. In the second half, he went invis- invincible. Like on, I think he touched the ball for the first time after 15 minutes in the second half. I don't think he's a good player. I think his work ethic is great. He runs hard. Great. That's cool, man. But your end product is garbage. He just I don't, I don't. I think he just lacks creativity, quality, you name it. This guy here is just not my kind of player I want on my team personally. But as for Milan as a whole, they were invisible. I don't know who was good today. No one. Absolutely no one. They they honestly spent 90 minutes looking for a penalty in order to change this game around. I don't know where Nima is. He might be at home right now eating dinner because it's Europe time and it's probably uh, – or maybe he's having uh, – watching dinner. Sorry, he's watching a movie. It's 10 o'clock there in Sweden. Maybe he's eating some Nutella. He was inspired by your video today. Fuck, maybe he's having some Nutella after that loss, but after that win by Spezia. But give you all the credit to, to, to Spezia. This is a team and – I, and, I, and I they played the same way last weekend and – it's amazing how Stefano Pioli, who, who's been pretty good this year, I'm going to say, but didn't catch the fact that Spezia <clears throat> likes to play a high line and, and don't give you enough space to, to exit from the back. So for me, it's like you, you didn't catch it the first 45 minutes. They should have been caught on the counterattack so many times, which they didn't. And Milan – just didn't they didn't look alive. Um, Spezia just kept on closing every space down. I don't know how many times a Milan player had had conceded the ball over and, and gave a turnover, but it, it, and and Kevin Kevin Ogodello, I want this guy in Lazio. Oh, he this was guy's so amazing. This guy is amazing. Like if Lucci's still watching me, watching the show right now, write a piece on that guy. You did a piece on Pobega earlier this year. Tommaso, uh, sorry, uh, Tommaso Pobega was earlier by Lucci, and it was a good piece by him. Now it's time to write about Kevin Agudelo because this guy, whoever signs this guy, he is going to be a, a talented player. He's creative. He's fearless. He, he set up the first goal, a beautiful uh, interception or challenge in the, in the midfield. I forgot who it was on. Was that on, um, on Kessier or – Benesser, there you go. Was it, it Benesser? I, I don't I, remember. If I'm thinking of the. If we're thinking of the same play, I think that's it. Unless there, there might have been another one on Kessia that I forgot about. All night. I, I don't know, but he made an inter- he made a nice challenge that created the, the the first goal. It was a beautiful challenge, and he and he stole possession. And all I can say is that he was just relentless all game, guys. This guy is is a a player to watch out for, and. Someone who Spezia will probably have to sell because they probably won't. Actually, you never know. They have new ownership now, so we don't know what the direction is. But just an un- unbelievable performance from that guy. Well, he, overall, uh, he amazing. He was on loan last year at Fiorentina. He never. I don't think he ever saw the field. Maybe a couple of times. So I guess it's uh, Fiorentina's loss. But Genoa, Genoa bought him. He's owned by Genoa. So 
Most oh, he's owned by Genoa. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on loan at um at Spezia, obviously. Okay, good to know. I appreciate that because uh, I don't I don't keep tabs on loans and all that. that. That's good that you you do that, man. Because fucking even Lazio sometimes I forget who the fuck gets loaned. I just look at the performances. I go game by game. I don't. I hate the transfer market. I think it's the one thing that just clogs your mind. And if you spend so much time wondering who the hell is gonna go where, fuck it, man. You'll lose your you'll lose a day of sleep, man. I'm telling you. I heard Agudelo was going to enter. Yeah, I heard the. I heard the. What, what's his name? Uh, the guy yeah, from fucking. No, the guy. Who's the guy? Uh, Alex who likes uh, Inter. Who's the Inter fan? You told me yesterday. Oh, um, King oh, Moise Kane. King Jung Yoon. What is his name? King Jung Yoon. Oh, oh, you, you mean? Oh, he, he's the president, he's the North Korean dictator. He is yeah. an Yeah, I heard he's gonna buy Kim Jong Un. I heard he's gonna buy Inter. Kim Jong numero <laughs> That might fix our problems, to be honest. You know what? If he's gonna invest, hey, <laughs> he'll invest. Don't worry, man. He'll invest. Hey, Jason, make it. Before. Oh. I told him he's gonna sub himself on and score a game winner against the uh, Milan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should uh, just cut some slack here for Milan. They've been consistent all season, and yeah. given, given the injuries they've had, like. They've been without Ben Asser and Chananoglu for the past, for this whole season practically. And they're putting up amazing performances and they're allowed to, they're allowed to be, to be caught out once in a while. And especially they're, they're away at Spezia and Spezia has been consistent all season. And it was just, it was, I, th- I think it was a trap game. Maybe they have one eye on, on, I think they have uh, uh, um, Europa League coming up. Sorry. And then they have the dirt. Maybe. Right. Maybe yeah. they have maybe they have the eye on that because they could potentially be challenging for that, and they have Inter in the back of their minds. But honestly, if I'm them, I think Kier is not that good enough anymore. He's not at the level that he once was. I think if you're if you're Milan, I think you got to buy Tamori right now. Tamori's brilliant. He's I'm, good. He's, he's brilliant. Good. He's when I, I was so jealous when Milan made that signing because at Chelsea he was so good, and I I think if if I'm Milan, I'm buying Tamori right now. That a Romagnoli Tomori partnership could last you the next six seven years, and and T- Teo Hernandez was very inconsistent tonight. He had uh, an okay first half defending, and then he just he went dark in the second half. But once again, you got to cut him some slack. And um, but he's not allowed to have bad games. Um, they're just the latest team to they're they're just the latest team to underestimate Spezia. Spezia from the start of the season have showed that like they're here, they're here to play. And you know, the result against Inter we were leading them, um, but they still walked the ball in, in the last second of the game. They were giving us troubles that whole game. I fully expected them to give it to Milan tonight. Their creativity wasn't there tonight. Chanabalu and Salamakas, they just let them down big time. Every time they tried to feed the ball up front, the attackers were offside. You know, they didn't even register a shot on target. So it wasn't their day at all from back to front. And whoever, sorry, whoever said Tio Hernandez wasn't there today, he wasn't there today. And when you notice that he's not there, man, they just look like a different side. So I agree. They're allowed to have a bump. They're allowed to have a bump. But if I'm not mistaken, they're actually off to Serbia in three days, four days. Yeah. So the European calendar is about to kick in in full effect. So they needed I, those points today. I, I also, I also, I don't think, I don't think the Scudetto is there. I think top four is there. Their 100 percent I think the, the scudetto the scudetto is just a bonus for them. So, you know, and, and that's that's in their defense. But no, I, I do I do not think it's Pioli's Latin and Milan's downfall. I think they're just gonna keep going. Um 
they, they've bounced back for, for example, the Juventus loss. Everyone's everyone doubted Milan after the Juventus loss. Look at them; they kept they kept going, and and no doubt, I think I think Milan are still up there to win the league. I still think they're one of the favorites. I don't think it's their downfall. They just had an off night. Um, if 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 my I like. If we count the the off nights Inter had, I, I I would be a millionaire at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's why, guys, I wanted to put that question up there um, for those watching uh, on YouTube from David. Uh, he he asked, "Is this the Pioli Zlatan slash Milan downfall starting?" I agree with Nat. I I don't think it is. At least that my educated guess is it's not because to me, a team that's been that consistently good since post lockdown of last year. If this was a two, three week good run of form, then yeah, maybe I could say, oh, the way that Milan played against Spezia, that's closer to who they are. No, I think that um, Milan is closer to the team that has been atop the table for for basically the entire season than to the team that showed up against Spezia tonight. And, you know, Nat, you'd mentioned that, hey, people were saying, oh, this might be the end after they lost to Juventus. Some people tried to say the same thing after they lost the Coppa Italia match a few weeks ago midweek to enter. Like, oh, this is going to be, you know, a dip in form coming for them. And, and they've they've bounced back. So I think the big thing to me is, and we all know what's happening next Sunday, okay? We all know that eight days from now, you've got the Milan Derby. And so whatever happens in that game, and really, to be fair, usually Milan Derbies um, are no- going to be competitive regardless of form, right? I mean, if... If you can say, oh, Milan are in poorer form than Inter right now or vice versa, the Derbies end up usually being tough games no matter what. Um, but if they can bounce back and beat Inter in the Derby as they did you know, in the in the regular season Derby early in the season, so we know that they're capable of it. We know that Inter are capable of, of giving up goals to Zlatan especially. Hopefully Kolarov is not starting in that one from an Interisti perspective. But if they bounce back and beat Inter in the Derby or even have like a really good showing in a draw – then, oh, it looks like Milan are right back into it. Now, if they have a poor performance in the Derby, then it's really going to snowball, and the pressure is going to snowball for them. And while I do agree, preseason, obviously the goal for Milan heading into the season was top four, and very few people were thinking about the possibility of a Scudetto before the season started. But I do think when you're top of the table through 22 match days, you are you're allowed to change your expectation, right? I, I think that if when you've been atop the table for as long as they have, I think it's reasonable for their supporters. I'm not saying it's a tragedy if they don't win the scudetto. I'm just saying it's reasonable for their supporters to be disappointed if they don't win it when they've been atop the table for virtually 22 match days. Uh, what what do you think, Anthony? I want I want to get your take on uh, on the match today. Anything else you have to add? Oh, I think you're muted. muted. There you go. <laughs> Despite the fact that their creativity was missing, um, I just think it was, once again, Spezia doing their thing. And I said it really early during the season. I just think out of the relegated sides, they're, they're here to stay. They play some really good football. The way they involve Bastoni on the left as well. Um, I was actually going to ask you guys, imagine Inter was to make a play for him and you'd have a sort of Bastoni connection. They're not actually related in any way. But he, was, he just stood out for me today as well. And the finish and the way that they were disciplined defensively. So I, I, I honestly saw it today as another example of why Spezia will be a Serie A side next season, despite um, rather than the fact that Milan dropped points. Because top four definitely is their aspiration for the season. And I think they've done really well to set those high expectations of 
no, we're going for the title, we're in a Scudetto race, because setting those high expectations is how you achieve your bare minimal objectives at the end of the season. And they're kind of having a similar sort of outlook that we had under Spalletti when we started. You know, we have to get back in the Champions League. We have to get back in there. And I think if they're looking at the end of the season on match day 34, 35, 36, and they're already qualified for the Champions League next season, I think that's a fantastic success for the club. And they're definitely going in the right direction to build. Um, Pioli should definitely be able to stick it out and then stay on again next season. And with a couple of good investments, I think Milan are back ready to compete again. Do I think this is the end uh, Like or their downfall, like someone commented earlier? No, they'll still definitely win more games than they won't for the rest of the season. But when it comes down to those crunch fixtures in the back end and they've got to play <coughs> Europa League and they're coming up against many teams, I, I do see them dropping more points. Like we've said since the start of the season, Alex, Juventus is the rival for the title. Yeah, they really are. And Mario, I'll give you last word on Spezia Milan. And also, if you want to tackle the question, uh, if you think that the result today could be Milan's downfall, I think all of us are, are disagreeing with that idea so far. I just want to yeah. add it was Milan's first um, away loss since 2019. Last time really? they, lost five, wow. they lost 5 0 against Atalanta away from home. Oh. That's all I wanted to add. Wow. wow. I, I, I honestly think it can be a downfall. <clears throat> I'll, I'll go against you guys, and and I think that it, this could be a start of a downfall. And I'll, and here's the thing: you got all these players coming back, right? You, I would say most the team has been playing with the same set of players for X amount of time. Now all of a sudden you got three or four players coming back, um, still not in form yet, and now you're you're, you're ruining the chemistry of this team. So all of a sudden, you, you need people to adapt with each other. Tamori hasn't played with everybody. Um, you name it. The, the, Manzukic still hasn't adapted to the team yet. Um, do, just go from, I don't know, off the top of my head. Um, Simon Kerr just came back from an injury as well, I would think, right? Just recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah like you, you got Chananalu, who doesn't look 100%. Like, can I just say Romagnoli as well just doesn't look like a rock at all at the back. And I know there was like, you know, that debate for a couple of years. Was he as good as Skriniar? Is he really living up to the bat? Um, you know, uh, what uh, AC Milan can fell off. He peaked. He peaked? Yeah, he peaked earlier. Now he's just dropped off. Like, I don't know if they feel that safe with him leading the back line anymore. But, you know, they, their fans might say it differently. So you got all these issues. Now all of a sudden, okay, we... I want to he's see been how they, he's been marinating. Now we got we're going what 25 games into the season, 23. Like yeah, at the beginning 20, of the year, yeah, was when they were playing Europa League, it was only like 10 games into the season. They were still fresh. They had it, it wasn't as difficult. They didn't have the COVID cases like they did on the back end. Like now you're going into this into the second half and you're gonna be playing two extra matches starting Thursday and the week after. And I hope they advance because they'll have to play additional two more. Because Europa League is much more intense to get to the round of eight, so you have to play two more than Champions League. That's another thing that is a, a disadvantage for Roma, Milan, and Napoli if they were to go to the next round, which I would like them to go. That's one. Two, you're going to be playing an Inter side who's going to be much more fresh compared to Milan, who's playing Thursday and will be coming off two days rest. So that's another thing. I want to see how does how does Milan now cope with the short rest. And it's not the group stage. That group they were in was not a difficult group. They had already packed, had locked up 
top two spot before the last match. So they were able to rotate their squad much more comfortably. Now, come Thursday, that won't be the, the, the case where they'll be able to, to rotate. And, uh, and additionally, with players just coming back from injury and are not informed yet, do who do you start? How do you rotate? How do you adjust your lineup to, to avoid these players from re-injuring and going back on, on the injury list, like they, they just came back from injury, guys. We gotta look into consideration here. How do you how do you get these guys back in? You don't just want to go full onslaught and get them back in. And the last thing is, how do they cope now after a loss against Spezia and, and now following up midweek, and then you have to play Inter. Like this is it's a challenge, and I don't I don't know, guys. Like then they gotta play Roma after. And yeah, Roma, yeah, I was just checking that out now. <laughs> Roma doesn't count. They're shit. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 if the guy's watching, I'll tell you why they're shit. They can't beat a top seven team or eight, nine. They can't beat Sassuolo. They, <laughs> they, they can't beat anybody at the top. So there's my answer. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it nice, sweet, and short. But I, I'm not taking anything away from Milan. I think that they've done a great job under Pioli. I, I, I don't think that all of a sudden it will be lights out. But... I'm just curious to see how they balance back now in the second half of the season because the second half of the season is much more difficult than the first half because you've played much more games, more more minutes. Um, there's just so many factors that how does Milan kind of like face this? And I think they've been lucky the last two games. I think Crotone was – I know that a lot of people thought that they were better than Crotone. I thought for 60 minutes they were in the game, Crotone, and they could have taken a point had they scored that first goal. As soon as they let up the first goal, it was confidence gone for that team because they're so fragile because they can't win games. The game before that, I didn't watch the Bologna game, but I've heard that Bologna played really good against Milan. They did. And and they were kind of unfortunate not to take any points in that game. I was at work. I didn't get to watch the replay. I just didn't bother. But they had lost 2-1, and I, and I heard that there was a big save from Donnarumma in the last 10 minutes, which denied a point and a, and a draw. So even though they're winning games, we have to look at and – I, and I get a win's a win. Correct. But after a while, when you're when you're sneaking by win after win and hardly getting it, eventually it's going to catch up to you where the better teams are going to take advantage. And that's what Spezia did today. They realized that this is a fragile Milan team that has players returning from injury, um, not 100%, and, and they were relentless and, and fearless, and they just attack, attack, attack. And I love the way they play. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of question marks going forward with Milan. That's just the way I look at it. And... It could be a collapse. We don't know, guys. This this can turn around very quickly because we think one week that Juventus is back in it, and then the next week we say, holy shit, Milan, uh, Juventus just lost again. And every team up top, top to bottom, top seven teams, it's always a question mark. So uh, that's, how, that's, that's how I look at it right sure. now. And and I know I know Mario, you got to run in a few minutes, so I, I want to give you the last word here on Milan. And before you go, if you want to get the ball rolling, giving your expectation for Inter Lazio tomorrow, right? Because because af after you step off, uh, we're gonna go around the table for predictions. I know Jerry and I already gave ours on the last episode, but I, I want to get one from uh, from the three of you guys as well. So give me your thoughts, Mario. Yeah, so really quickly on Spezia and Milan, I didn't I didn't see the game, so like this is all news to me. I literally just started hearing about it now. 
Um, so, but Spezia have been an annoying, annoying team this year. They've taken points from Atalanta, from Sassuolo, from um, Napoli, and they beat Roma in, in the Coppa Italia, if we remember. So they're not like, they're not some scrub-ass team that, you know, just going to go straight up and into the Serie A and then go right back down with seven points for the next season. They're here. They're like Anthony said. They're they're here to play. They they're they're probably in, they're in good shape to stay up for the next season and even compete uh, with 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 the finances that they receive from uh, just staying up and TV revenue and all that stuff. It makes a big difference for those little teams. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Milan's downfall, they lost three of their last five uh, in all competitions. I think it was just Serie A and the Coppa Italia. So they their downfalls. If you want to say it's a downfall, it started already. If anything, this is this might be the peak. This might be, it might be the the worst of it. We don't know. But um, they have a, they have a really tough schedule coming up. Like we've said, it's not going to be any joke. And I th- I don't think it's going to be like a, a make or break for their season. But it's definitely going to be a down a downfall of their season. Like they've exceeded expectations. They've been spectacular. They've done everything that they could have wanted and more they're in first place for so long they have you know inted on their backs but barely uh by a couple points so they're they're in good shape regardless of what happens i feel like they might they might they might drop off the next couple set of matches uh like we said they have inter and they have uh roma coming up They've got Red Star Belgrade. I didn't make the connection in the Europa League. That's one of the toughest yeah. grounds in Europe to go to. As much as I'd yeah, love to see great. Milan make a deep run into this yeah. Europa League to distract them, they could be it's not easy. really soon. Like, I didn't the, the, one thing, the one thing, I don't know if any of you guys know, and maybe somebody in the chat knows, like, what's the situation in Belgrade? Like, how many fans are going to be allowed in? Like, I'm sure it's not going to be full, but if there's even, like, a third, uh, like, capacity allowed in, those fans make it tough. They're right? not. Anytime I watch European games in Belgrade, it's like stepping into a freaking wood chipper. So I, I'm sure they're not going to have a full stadium, but if there's somebody in there, it's going to be tough, yeah. man. Have you ever just, seen- get, just get a quarter of the stadium full and you'll be all right. Have yeah. you ever seen that video of uh, of the, the just walking through the Red Star Belgrade tunnel from the, the locker room? Yeah, there's like graffiti like and a- armed guards in there. It's looks crazy. Like concentration, oh. Looks like a concentration yeah. camp down there, man. It's if so intimidating. There, I'd be pissing myself. Like, so what bad. the fuck? And um, then they have the fans going crazy. If there's fans, I don't know if Milan, I don't know if Milan could take it. They, yeah, they're legends, their coach too. I think Stankovic is their coach. Yeah. Yes, he's That's in right. first place too he, uh, in the league. They're first place in the league. He's killing it over there. So Milan's not going to have an easy time. I'm with Jerry on this. This is this is their downfall of their season, but I still think they finished second, third place. Uh, so it's not really much of a downfall. It's more like a rut, uh, all said and done. Because um, they're not going to like make a tremendous downfall where they're, where they're looking like Napoli, where, oh, we're seventh place, uh, eighth place, you know, like what's going to happen? When in reality you're like two points out of fourth place now. Now they're in fourth place. The um, they're gonna have the game in hand still with Juve. They haven't played that one out that because uh, that game today was the second fixture of the two. They haven't replayed the first one. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's really all I got for for Milan. Uh, like I said, I didn't see the game. Uh, but for Inter Lazio, this is gonna be a good game. I hope it's not a snooze fest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, those are the the worst kind of games. 
you know, like it's just uneventful, boring. You hate yourself with 90 minutes wasted. You could have went out for a walk and gotten more entertainment. He's known for not taking risks in these type of big matches. So Yeah, so, you know, Conte's, it's it's, it's home in uh, San Siro, right? Or is mm-hmm. it, it is, it's home. So Conte's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit more attacking. Lazio probably gonna sit back, hope to counter. Um, so I don't, I don't think. Um, Mario, Mario, before you go, Alex, while we've been recording this podcast, it's actually broken on Sky that Ericsson is gonna start over Gagliardini tomorrow, man. So that comes yeah. in the last, yeah, in the last Sorry, Jerry. minutes. Sorry, Jerry. Totally. And 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 like uh, so, 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 Vidal is. No, that, that's cool. So yeah, because because uh, Vidal has a knock, and so the kind of the debate this week has been Galliardini, and I know Jerry would have loved Gallia to start, and or Erickson, who's been pretty good the last couple of games. I know Mario is thrilled about this, so that, that that's really interesting. Big time. Uh, I I I said it on 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 uh, with Anthony on Inter Worldwide the other day. Yeah, I'm guessing a two nothing win. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I, I feel like uh, I, I think we get a goal from a set piece. I'm always big on, on Inter scoring on set pieces, and they never score on set pieces. Especially with Ericsson uh, now, starting, maybe there's a shot. Now with Ericsson starting, it's you know that probability goes from like three percent to like ninety seven percent because we've been dangerous when he when he's taking free kicks and corners. Like uh, anything is possible. Anybody can score. Uh, we, we got some of the biggest guys screen out of Devry. Um, if Gagliardini plays, he's still a big body uh, presence in the in the box. He might, you know, find a, a loose ball in inside the six yard box to kick wide or over the goal, or like Ronaldo today into Meta's hands. So you know, it's anything's possible. I I, I think uh, Conte takes the game to Lazio. <clears throat> um, I, I don't think there's any any risks defensively that that Conte really really gives up. So, like that goal we were talking about the other day, um, uh, Correa's goal, where they where Pepe Reina is so good with his feet that he could just launch a ball, Immobile heads it to Correa. None of that's ever going to happen. Not on Conte's team. They're too they're too structured in the back to allow that. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle of the midfield. Milinkovic Savic, uh, Luis Alberto, and um, Barella Eriksson. Uh, whoever the third person is, Brozovic Vidal. Yeah. He's a bum. I, I can't wait to see him not start anymore. <laughs> I'm so over him. I'm very curious to see if he runs, if Antonio Conte runs that same, that double pivot there with two. Oh, he absolutely will. Directors as he likes to <clears throat> or maybe play uh, Ericsson at Regista. I don't know. We'll see. But, it's uh, going to be Brozovic starting like we saw last time. Brozovic going to start back there, and then Erickson's going to make his way because Brozovic is just doing absolutely nothing and, and just just losing possession in the middle of the field. So it's better for Brozovic to lose the ball higher up the field than smack down in the middle like he always does now, apparently, because that's his new thing. That's my pet peeve with him. The middle of the field, he gets the ball, square ball, Milinkovic, Savic, Luis Alberto, straight on goal with Immobile, and that's what's going to – that's how Lazio is going to score their goal off a mistake in the middle like that. I don't think uh, straight up Lazio will will beat us. Um, you know, Jerry, you can go fuck yourself. So, because <laughs> I know Jerry is going to come once I go off. Oh, Lazio's got Milikovic Savic, the best player in the world. Bro, he's the good, second he's, best he's player not, in the world. He's not we far have, off on that, man. He's man. the best goalie, Pepe Reina. Pepe Reina stinks. 
and said, and you know, Acerbi, Acerbi is actually really good. So he's, good. That one. But he's not he's better than Gastoni or Skriniar or De Vrij. Jerry, I just want to hear your thoughts here for a second on the Hakimi versus Marusic tomorrow on that matchup because oh. Mar- because Marusic is not um, the most dependent going back, right? I yeah, but, but then, but then on the other side, what about Lotsetti against uh, one of our bum asses on the left? Like that—that's the <laughs> thing. I, I think I think right wing back for either team and both teams are gonna potentially decide this game because the matchup for both the right wing backs against the left backs is pretty scary. Yeah, Sharma, we do have the best midfielder in Savage. We do have the the best center back in a Cherby, and we do have the best striker <laughs> in Immobile. I agree. And but the best coach, the best, the best. The, best, uh, the problem is we don't have anything else to support. That's the fucking problem yeah. here. We got the best individual players. It's just after like our our depth is, it can be good on one day, and it could be bad on another day. And and that's that's the problem with last is we don't have a complete up and beyond after eleven players. Uh, I think the depth has been better this season compared to a lot, like seasons prior but not to the level you want it to be at. And and that's, and that's their slow start hurt them this season, or else people will ask, well, why why do they have the best players, but they're only in fifth place? Well, when you're out with eight in 12 guys, okay, what do you want, man? And like, Immobile missed games. Savage had uh, yeah, Savage missed games. Uh, Luis Alberto, Lucas Leva, you, you keep on going, man. We had Correa out one after another, and – it was never an excuse from from Simone Inzaghi. He never blamed COVID for losing games. This is what we're dealt with. He even said it because he he never contradicted himself because he was the one, one of the first people that said that we have to continue to play. We can't stop the league. It's just what we have to like deal with. Yeah, you, you go back to bed, buddy. Um, but, no, you're putting him to sleep. Does Lazio play ball over there nonsense. Say that again? Lazio play Bayern this upcoming week. No, the week after. Week after. So I was gonna say may, maybe Inzaghi. Yeah. With squad rotation, but no, I think I think Inzaghi he's wants going to pull out. And here's a, here's maybe the he's thing. Still on. Here's the thing. Stefan Radu is not playing tomorrow. Okay, he he picked up an injury on on Friday, so we don't know if he's one hundred percent. That's a big shift. Now, what this does, a Cherby goes to the left. Who goes in the middle, and Apparently, Patrick, they want to put on the right. I'll throw up if he goes to the right. I don't want him to start because we'll get shredded. And basically, that's going to be two losses in a row for Lazio. I don't think – I thought you were talking about uh, Radu for Inter. So, I was like, where the fuck did this come from? So, Stefan (laughs) – sorry, Stefan Radu picked up the knock. I was wondering why you made that face that you made. Yeah, I was like – why would he start in a game against Lazio? It's not even Coppa Italia. Like, what? What are you talking about right now? <laughs> I, I think the shift, the shift of, of a Cherby on the left, m- makes a big difference against Hakimi with, with Marisic now. And a lot of people are gonna laugh at me and say Wesley, who is is a shit defender. Let, let's get something straight. Okay, so Wesley, who basically, came, sorry, he he plays for the national team. Who? He, he, Wesley, who? Yeah, he does actually for the for the Dutch. Yeah. And he had one bad performance against Atalanta and Copa Italia. Well, what, what I what I hate is that people forget what this guy has done for in the Champions League when he stepped up when we only had like twelve players to rely on, and he was actually superb in, in against Club Bruges 
and against Zenit St. Petersburg. He, the guy has one or two bad matches, and he gets ridden off. I think that he's going to have a balanced back performance. He went off the record and said that he owes one to his fans. I think that he's going to have a strong performance tomorrow. What really scares me is if Patrick plays. Musacchio has looked really good in his brief stint with Lazio. Like He just looks like a, a reborn player. Maybe that's something that Romagnoli needs as well with Milan, where he just needs to leave in a new atmosphere and a new new set. I don't think he's on a decline. I think he's just that certain players have a timeline where it's time for me to go. I need to go to the next place. And that's, that's Romagnoli for me right now. And and I think that he if, he if he's to leave, he will go to Lazio because I know that he's got ties with Lazio. Apparently, he loves it. I could be wrong. Maybe he doesn't go there because of the money. That could be a constraint. But he's always mentioned like how much he he's a big fan of Lazio. So, but that's a whole side topic. I I just think that Marisic is gonna play more deeper, like more far back in his goal because the speed will kill him. So I think that he'll play more deeper. And and he won't be attacking as much down the left wing. Um, that that's just how I see it. He's gonna play more defensively together with the Cherby, which will eliminate Hakimi from taking crosses down that flank. So I, I'm, you know what? Like I said, no Stefan Rodu in past seasons. I'd be always worried about who would come in. A guy like Hoot, I'm okay with. I know a lot of people will be against me and don't like who. Um, he had a great season last season last year. You're absolutely right in the Belgium league, and he, his long passes is superb. This is this is a guy who can catch you guys off the counter attack with his long passes. That's one thing I'd be looking out for uh, with a guy like who he he can strike beautiful passes. So I think it's going to be a close game. Either way, man. I want to let Nat in next because I know you have to dip in a few, and so does Mario. So I want you to say your piece, Nat. I think um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good game tomorrow. I think it's gonna be a chess match. Two very tactical managers, two very similar managers, both run the same formation. Um, it's gonna be tough because Inter, Brozovic, Barella, and Bastoni are both on yellow cards, and one more yellow card for either of them. They're out of the game, so it's gonna be. I think that's uh, maybe a reason why Erickson is starting tomorrow. Um, Lukaku, Lukaku or Lautaro, either of them have to show up because in the Coppa Italia they were very indecisive. They they missed a lot of chances and they 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 were very they they lacked clinical finishing and that's been sort of their their it's been chronic all season. So um um <laughs> so um. So we'll see. We'll see. But it'll be a good match. I think it's going to be a draw 2-2. I think uh, Lukaku scores. And I think we're going to get a, a Christian Eriksen goal tomorrow. It's going to be very compact at the back like Conte likes it. He might play in the counter. We'll see. Or he might take it to um, Lazio tomorrow. We'll see. I just I just hope for a, a half-decent performance. That's all I really care about. And I really hope Inter don't squander this opportunity. We've been provided a gift. And knowing Inter in the past, this is something, this is right up our alley where we screw it up. We lose 3-2. It's going to be um, an immobile goal in the 90th minute or something. Something's going to happen like that. But it, it, it should be a good game tomorrow. Um, two very competitive teams. And I'm, I'm looking forward forward to it as, as you guys 
I'll, I'll tell you what scares me to death, and I'm not going to give you my full preview of the game because I, I gave you guys that in, in our previous episode, and I want to give uh, others a chance to speak. I'm going to let Anthony weigh in on the game next. But what scares me to death, and I know that this scares Nat to death, I'm sure it scares Anthony to death, is the opportunity that Inter had been handed. I mean, from a scoreboard watching perspective, you could not have asked for a more fortuitous day today Juventus losing in the morning to Napoli or early afternoon, I guess. And then, you know, you have Milan losing to Spezia. I, I really thought worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, maybe Spezia could pull a draw out of their asses in that game and, you know, keep Milan to one point. But no, they took all three points. And so how many times have we seen this, Anthony, where Inter have an opportunity to get something done because others give them help and then they can't help themselves, right? And the most recent examples being the past three years in the Champions League. I mean, the past three years, Inter have gone into the final group stage game in the Champions League, knowing, uh, if not before the match started, at least knowing during a couple of those matches that they just needed victories, right? They needed, uh, you know, victory a couple of years ago against Barcelona's youth team, you know, who essentially was going up against Inter in that final match day. This past year, they just needed a goal. They needed a freaking goal against Shakhtar, who they couldn't score against in two matchups in, in uh, Champions League, despite beating that team up 5-0 in Europa League in the semifinals this past summer. They couldn't get one goal against Shakhtar. So we know this historically, and it goes beyond the past three years. Inter do not handle pressure well. I mean, I, I can't help but thinking that I, I kind of wish that Inter and Lazio had played before Juventus and Milan because uh, – and and not not the discount Lazio. I think it's going to be a really tough game. But I, I still kind of feel like the mentality for Inter, maybe they would have done better if they needed to beat Lazio before knowing, you know, what was going to happen with Juve and what was going to happen with Milan. Because once you give Inter an opportunity like this, and I know it's match day 22, so there's still a lot of time left. But when you give Inter an opportunity to go top of the table and all they have to do is win, it, it scares me to death. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, well, Lazio or draw at the double chance is over $2 still. So I don't know, man, that that's juicy in my book. Uh, the, P the PTSD is real. We've seen this many times before. We've been here many times before. The Champions League this season was probably the worst, to be honest, because Madrid handed it to us on, on a silver platter to go through to the next round. And, yeah, that was just, you know, it was even worse than the year before that, where I think, um, well, under Spalletti, sorry, where... With two matches left in the group stage, we had to come up against Spurs and Barcelona, and we just couldn't get a point out of those two games. We could not get one point. A draw against Tottenham would have effectively broken their spirits. There's no way they would have gone through to the next round. They effectively went on to compete in the final after that. Um, but even this season, again, in Serie A, I think we had a chance. It was against when we came up against Sampdoria, and we had a chance to close the gap, um, I think, to level, or maybe even Sharma can say that was another one of our chances to go first. And... You know, just like the gods, we, we all predicted it. We predicted our former players would deny us the opportunity to take over Milan at the summit. Um, is it going to happen again this time? Look, I'm trying to not look at it conceptually like that because Lazio are such a good side and they're the form side in Serie A. No other side has six wins on the bounce. So this isn't a minnow side that we're supposed to sweep aside, you know, 3-0 or 4-1 or something like that. But once again, if we're trying to announce ourselves as the favourites, or at least the team that's supposed to knock Juventus off the throne, you go and you take three points by the horns here. You Conte rallies up the troops and everybody has a good game. Everybody who's meant to have a good game, your 
Barella's, Hakimi's, Lukaku, Lautaro doesn't miss every single chance and an open goal that falls to him as well. Um, I think it could be a game where Ericsson does get opportunities to break the lines down a little bit with his creativity. But with Inter's lineups, it's always subject until one hour before the match. And even then, you still don't know who's going to take the pitch because we've seen Stefano Sensi uh, go up until the last 10 minutes before walking off. Um, I'm not too sure what's going to happen with him either. Uh, every time he's been thrown on off the bench in his last three or four cameos, he's looked a shadow of his former self. It's hard to believe this guy was the focal point and the whole massive start to Conte's midfield was pretty much centered around Stefano Sensi. So I'm not too sure if he gets any minutes either. Um, yeah, Alex, I can't tell you I'm confident. I can't tell you that I think that we're going to see a win. Would I walk away with this thinking that it's a point gained? No, <laughs> because we have to win this if we're going to win the Scudetto. But I, I agree with what you said. Would have it been better to play first in hindsight? Yes. But now, as I said to a lot of group chats this morning, we're going to still be in, a, in an advantageous position no matter what after this match day. So I have eased a little bit of the anxiety because going to bed last night, I was convinced that a Napoli side that was about to sack their coach were about to be toppled by a Juventus team that looked like they've got their win back. And despite Spezia's good start to the season, I didn't think that they were going to get something from Milan today. So I hope that my, you know, me being complacent isn't the sort of mentality that's going around the locker room because I would really love to see this, this end in a win, man. I really think that if there is going to be a result that spurs on into in Serie A, it could be this one, bro. I mean, it's one of those things uh, where, um, you know, I, I know that Interisti always think that the Italian papers, the headlines are against them. It, it feels that way. But I think, though, on the flip side, if Inter can pull off a win, I think they're going to get a lot of praise from the Italian papers for actually taking advantage, you know, with with Juve dropping three points and Milan dropping three points. If Inter can actually get it done, um, I'm sure Antonio Conte is going to be on all the headlines and all the Italian papers. Uh, but do, do you want to uh, do you want to give me a score, Anthony? Do you want to give a, a hard line prediction? Absolutely, man. It's going to be the classic, the classic one-one, this classic smash and grab one-one. Of course, Inter's going to score first, and everyone's going to be like, "Wow!" If we sustain this for the whole game, we could be looking at a fantastic game. And it's it's weird because I think we've even said this before to each other. Our defense has been so good this season, but they're coming up with some of the worst mistakes across Serie A when it is time to like you know the lapses in concentration. The last goal where Milinkovic-Savic scored in the 55th minute and caught Perisic at the back post was horrendous. He probably had about 30 centimetres of space to claw that ball in behind Handanovic, and he did. So hopefully no mistakes from our captain, hopefully no mistakes from our back three, but I'm going to have to say I'm one all, and I think Immobile gets a goal on the break. I'm going to give Jerry the final word in a second. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, with some trepidation, I'm going to stick to the prediction that I made on our last pod when we had Nando on. Um, I, I'm going to stick with 2-1 Inter. I don't feel as good about it only because of the opportunity that's been handed to them. Like You feel like this is ripe to be fumbled, but I, I'm going to stick with my midweek 2-1 Inter prediction. What about you, Jerry? Uh, I think you went 2-1 uh, Lazio in our last episode. you sticking with that? So here's the thing with Lazio. I'm going to give my prediction. I think they play much better against the top nine clubs as opposed to the mid-table teams. They have looked way better. Um, I'm looking at the scores right now. And even the 4-1 loss in the second against Atalanta at the beginning of the year was kind of a letdown as well, where they outperformed Atalanta, but they just weren't clinical enough. Whereas 
they had had maybe a handful of chances, but they buried it. And that was the different Atalanta before where they wouldn't get 20 chances, but when they got three or four, they made them count. And we don't see that as much anymore with them right now. So they were they were very strong. They, they, they didn't give up against Inter. They, they played well being a, de- a man down um, against Juventus. They pulled it off a tie. Uh, they, they were magnificent against Roma. I thought that the loss against Milan was unfortunate. They played a superb game. Um, it's unfortunate. Like I said, it, it, it's, it's too bad that they had lost on the last minute. The game before that, they were really good against Napoli, took advantage. Um, they, they have came to play against the best teams at top. I think the worst performance, if anything, was against Hellas Verona. When they gave they they hoofed the game away, they gave the three points to Verona. Yeah. Um, they were good against the Swolo. If you want to put them in the top ten, along with the rest, but um, you know what, this is a team that Simone Inzaghi does one thing proper, and he has figured a way out to motivate his players for the big matches. He did it last weekend. Um, uh, the, the week before against Atalanta, he has they, they pulled it off against Cagliari last weekend. Seven game unbeaten streak, six games uh, winning streak. This is the time you want to play Inter if I'm Lazio. Uh, Immobile has scored what in 14 different games? Like, that's an unbelievable. Um, Sergey Malinkovic Savage is in great form. Luis Alberto is starting to turn the corner after having surgery. Acherby is having a great season. I, I think this team doesn't get enough credit. And because they get ridden off so easily, they strive off that, that motivation there. That's added incentive to them to say, hey, you know what? Want to count us out already? That's fine. But we'll keep on defying the odds. And that's what they've been doing recently. And credit to Immobile. Because I like his his determination to say, "Hey, we're we're gonna gun for a top four spot," and he has his side believing in that they can win this. And I absolutely do. He is the best coach in Serie A, probably Simone Inzaghi. I agree. I think the the record is deceiving, but um, he this guy figures ways out to win games when you think that they don't have a chance. So tomorrow, let's just say Patrick starts. Somehow he'll he'll adapt and make it work. Um, if Patrick picks up a yellow, he'll take the the risk of subbing him off before even the half is done. I'm just curious to see how Conte approaches this game and if he can have his men ready and motivated because far often we don't know what kind of side you're going to get with Inter. I find that Lazio is a little bit more predictable lately compared to Inter, where lately, they look. Yeah. For sure. Like like that, you don't know what you're gonna get. But I'm gonna go two one, like I said. Lazio <laughs> has the best water supply in Italy. <laughs> yeah. For those who can't see this, uh uh seven seven writes Jerry, quote, Lazio has the best water supply in Italy. <laughs> That's Mario. Oh man. I'm gonna I'm going to stick with my two one prediction. Sergey Malinkovic-Savage loves playing against Inter. He's going to score in the 94th minute. I don't know. I have this imaginary dream where I just think it's going to happen. And he's scored in three of the last four games against them. For some reason, he matches up well. I, I, 
I had somebody call call me out on Twitter saying that Erickson shouldn't start, that Savage and Luis Alberto would eat him alive. I don't know about that. I don't buy that personally. I think that Erickson provides much more in the midfield compared to what uh, Gallardini can provide and maybe even Vidal because sometimes Vidal can be a big, big liability. So I still do like Vidal. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's, I don't know, there's something about him where he's lost that consistent line. But it's going to be a close game at the end of the day. Would I be surprised if Lazio lost? No, no, not at all. It would not shock me because, and I wouldn't, would I be disappointed? Yeah, I, I guess. But at the same time, you have to be realistic and say that you were beaten by a better team. So that that's what you have to. Well, I want to wrap it reality. up. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I, I want to wrap it up on that note. And, uh, you know, we already had uh, Mario had to had to dip a little while ago. So did Matt. So huge thanks to both of those guys. And, you know, Mario, uh, of course, does uh, some work with Anthony on Inter Worldwide. So, Anthony, why don't you let the people know what you have going on at Inter Worldwide, where people can find you? Uh, yeah, just find us at Inter Worldwide on all of our socials, but most importantly, the YouTube um, match previews, reviews, special collabs, whenever we can talk with anybody, man. Just what you guys do as well without the name, just talking Italian football, because why not? It's the best thing in the world. So thanks to you for inviting me on again. It's always a pleasure. And thanks to Jerry as well for spending some time on Inter Worldwide this week. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I wish I could have joined you guys. So I'll catch up with you the next time. So huge thanks to Anthony and, and Jerry. Um, you, you've got a few new platforms you're writing on. And also, oh, Jerry, I will not let you wrap this up without promoting your appearance on TLN. How, how can people watch you? You're going to be on TV in Canada. And even those who are not in Canada can watch it online. I'm really happy and stoked for you, man. I, I saw the trailer for your appearance. So where can people find that? That will be on TLN.ca, and there will be the whole the whole video, which is like a half an hour long. And basically, um, it's supposed to be two guys who banter against each other. And I had um, Leo from uh, – he actually lives near me in, in Scarborough or East Toronto, basically. And what became – Inter versus Lazio became Lazio and Inter versus Juventus and Milan, and I kind of like really I noticed shit. that on the trailer. I'm like, well, where did uh, Milan and Juve come from in that? I noticed. I kind of like really shit on Milan because one of the questions was, who do you hate more, Inter or Milan? And I just despise Milan. I, I I've never had a real hatred for Inter, but. It, it, it's funny because Camila said that it actually worked out well, that it, it's like a, a bromance on Valentine's Day, whereas it's like a lovey day and maybe it worked out well, but they wanted something for the game. And I just don't have that resentment, that that hatred towards Inter like many others do. I I, I don't know. I, I've never had any bad beef with any Inter fans personally. Like my, 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 one of my quotes on the show is that, and I, and I said this, and I hope it, it, it gets aired live on TV, is that Milan fans think that they are on top of the world after winning X amount of games. And they think that they have won a Scudetto and won everything personally. And Inter, when they lose three in a row, they understand they lost three in a row. They're not delusional where they think that they're on top of the world. I've never seen Inter think that they've... they've be basically like 
have like won everything. So I don't know. I just think that in like look at Milan Twitter today. They lose one game and all of a sudden it's all crumbling. Like what the heck? You guys just won X amount of games. Relax. It's it. There's no in between with Milan fans. It's either here or here. So that's just how I see it. But yeah, that's where it'll be all live. Here, I know a lot of Inter fans who are the same way. I mean, uh, I, I I don't I think I think it just depends on who you talk to because I I know I know some Interisti that they have one draw and it's like oh my god sell everybody get rid of get rid of Conte the, the world is crumbling so I I don't know man I don't I don't know if that's unique to Milanisti I just think it depends on who you follow. Well, I, I guess, but that's just that's just my perspective and but yeah, that's where you can find it basically. You can find it online and. Uh, It'll be on halftime tomorrow. So, awesome. Well, a- excellent stuff there. And uh, and before before we wrap it up, I want to remind everybody out there, men, ladies, whoever is listening, that we are supported by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped is literally taking over the freaking world. Now it's available in all of Europe, Canada. And it's available in Australia. So our guy, I, I, I think uh, Anthony just signed off there, but he's probably rushing now to buy a Manscaped kit. He can use our code. He can use our code Calcio, C-A-L-C-I-O. I'm going to put the scroll on there for those watching. You order at manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with our code Calcio. And I know that if you're you're watching this on February 13th is where – we're recording this live. Uh, maybe you missed the Valentine's Day boat, but it's never too late, guys. It's never too late. Europe and Australia, they're about to get less hairy. If you live in the EU, you can now purchase Manscaped products. If you live there, you've literally gone years without using the right tools for the job. And Jerry, you've heard my tale about that time many years ago when I didn't know about Manscaped. And I I shredded the area downstairs. I, I used the same trimmer that I was using on my face and, and on my head. And it didn't have the ceramic blade, the gentle ceramic blade that Manscaped has. You're talking metal on scrotum. Oh, the result was not good. The result was not good whatsoever, man. There, there was some blood. There was some screaming. Never again. This was over a decade ago. I, I learned my lesson, man. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent the past 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents like mine. Thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. Plus, Jerry, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And, and Jerry, you've tested out this product uh, with, without giving out necessarily too much information. I think you mentioned something about your ass in, in one of our previous episodes. But you, you have tested out this product, and it really is revolutionary. Well, rumor has it that Cheeto Immobile uses this product. Did you hear about I'm that? Sure he does. You know what, man? I think that's why he's scoring goals because he feels more loose down there, man. Like he can move much better. <laughs> the weight's off his back. That's that's why. And, and off his balls. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I think Vincenzo Italiano uses it on his head. That's why he was looking so smooth today. Uh, oh, absolutely. I think Uncle Sharma should go get, get a manscape right now, man. Hey, Sharma, it's Valentine's Day where you are, buddy. I, I think now's the time to to go get Manscaped. I, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not, if you're married or whatever the, the deal is, but 
come on, man. I, I've been through it. We all have been through it. Do you really want your girlfriend, your wife, to be going down there all sweaty? Do you want that BO? Think about it, man. Like, ah, uh, the you have to get rid of that bush, guys. And don't and, and, and don't don't use the same shaver that you shave your fucking face with, man. No, like, I don't. It's gross. I don't do that. You're gonna put your balls on your face. It's like think about it. If you're shaving, you're, I don't want to yeah, myself. you're teabagging, you're teabagging yourself. Never mind. Freaking nah, man. You don't do that. I've actually thought about using my manscape for my Nutella. Dipping in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, Jerry Jerry mentioned like the BO and that whole situation. They have products for that as well. Um, so the waterproof technology, first of all, in the lawnmower 3.0, you can even groom in the shower. You don't have to worry about it shorting out or anything. One of the coolest features on the lawnmower is the LED light. It illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They have upgraded to a seven thousand rpm motor it's got something and this is trademarked called quiet stroke technology it's very quiet it doesn't sound like a power drill or anything and let's also not forget about the charging stand you can show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is convenient it's a charging dock powered by usb so even if you lose the cord uh, that it comes with like chances are you've got 18 usbs lying around so it's not like some unique thing you have to order if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code our code calcio c-a-l-c-i-o you can get 20 percent off plus free shipping with our code calcio you type it in at manscaped.com get 20% off and free shipping and, and they also jerry they have the uh they have the ball toner and the cologne that come with it so your junk is going to be smelling like a botanical garden so people have to take advantage of this man use our code calcio c-a-l-c-i-o at manscaped.com 20% off and free shipping no matter what country you're in you're in the eu you're in australia you're in the usa where i am you're in canada where jerry is Use our code Calcho and your balls will thank you. All right, Jerry, that'll do it. Uh, anything uh, to promote before before we hang it up? <laughs> Is this the Grooming Tips podcast? That's amazing. Yeah, you've come to the right place. Oh, yeah, if you're going to use the Manscaped, make sure you can clean your asshole too or you're at it, man. It's you pretty small. You can. It's nice and small. See, oh, fuck, I don't have it. It's like, it's like the size of this, and, and you just – Get it right there. You shave right there. Boom, boom. See you later. Uh, no more blood. No nothing. No this. No that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Forza? Forza who? Forza Cazzo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, so, Jerry, you, you're writing for some new websites as well, right? Uh, I, I saw you drop something on Serpents of Madonina. You're, like, you, you got some new places. You're dropping stories. Yeah, so I'm doing Serpents of Madonina. Uh, I'm no longer writing with world football. They've kind of taken a different direction at the moment. And it's kind of made me go to different uh, streams. Uh, if whatever happens in the future, I might write for them after. But at the moment, I've decided where I haven't applied yet. Where I just have to send an email to uh, Serpents, of, uh, in, Serpents of Inter or whatever. Montanina, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, I'm going to be... Uh, writing when I when I can about Inter and far from Vesuvius. I, Raphael basically uh, took one of my pieces of why I think uh, they shouldn't uh, fire Gattuso 
And uh, so it was a new branch. And then I prefer if it's more targeted towards like Napoli Inter fans that it, it will hit a better uh, target market there. So, or a different uh, a target audience, if you want to say like, so we'll see how that goes. And I'm still writing for Get Italian Football News on the side as well. So I kind of have my options. But the Laziale now is my my main gig at the moment, my main priority. But I like to change it up and not always write about Lazio and try to keep an open mind. That's beautiful. Yeah, so that, that's great. Make sure you check Jerry out at all those sites and the Twitter handle at jmancini8. You guys can check me out at Alex Dono on Twitter. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O for those listening or not looking at that. And uh, check out the daily shows that I do. Um, you know, if you're if you're strictly you know a football fan, a calcio fan, there may not be a whole lot for you. But if you do like North American sports as well, and we do talk some some calcio sometimes, but uh, primarily North American sports. But I, I go live every day from three to six p.m. Eastern time at onsideradio.com, and we drop podcasts as well. And make sure you support the podcast for this show. Calcio Connection. Uh, just type it into every podcast service. We're on all the major ones. Calcio Connection. Subscribe. Leave us a five star rating while you're there. Follow at CalcioCon Pod on Twitter. We'll talk to everybody next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. <laughs>